welcome back to Chew the Bible. It's your good friend A.A. Ron. Hope everyone is having an amazing day. Ah, man. I uh, slept a little bit longer than I probably should have, but hey, one thing I'm noticing is the importance of taking time to recharge and I always treat my body like a robot, you know? So, and so, yeah, recharging my brain because I meet so many people in that car between Lyft and Rebu. I've already hit, I just hit a thousand rides on Lyfts to, earlier today. Um, because I I do I've done Rebu a lot longer. I didn't start doing Lyft until shoot, actually doing Lyft rides till about a year ago. But Rebu up down for about three years, and I'm approaching what like five thousand rides on Rebu or something like that, and almost. Close to 10,000 total when you include the Rebu Eats. <laughs> anyway, some of y'all are like, why does this dude keep saying Rebu? Oh, that's funny to me. One of these days, I'm going to sit down and write a book called Rebu. And it's going to just be all my stories about picking up folks. Of course, I'll change the names and stuff. I'll do a little embellishment, probably. Just just fun poetry. List poems. It's going to be my niche going forward. Nothing but list poems. List poems. <sighs> I didn't end up going to the Harvester's event. That I was invited to by Donda. Uh, they had it at one of the Unity churches downtown, Unity Village. They do harvesters at the church I go to down the street, but I haven't been to that in a while. Apparently, somebody broke their ankle there last time we had it. <sighs> Hopefully, they pray to God that they got a miraculous healing. I had so many interesting dreams. Lately, it's kind of been like feast or famine, right, with my dreams. Either I remember some of the dream like barely any part of my dream or I'm having like tons of scenes of dreams and my want to or like it's just too much yeah it's kind of overwhelming it's like write it all down and the details of these dreams is kind of like they're not really following like much of a storyline lately they're more just like I'm meeting all these like random people that I've never seen before 
or yeah I do kind of remember some of one of them yeah my brother kept reappearing and my former wife kept reappearing in my dreams anyway we're about to get going on the road again Is there anything else I want to share? Oh, I was saying earlier, it's like there's so many people that are in my car. And I have conversations with, yeah, a lot of people. I really have a cool testimony today. Uh, There's this black woman who I picked up. It was like a 30-minute ride. It was perfect, too, because I I was ready to go home. Yeah, I was like way down South Casey and I was ready. I was sleepy. I was ready to go home. And yeah, that that ride up north was an answer to prayers about like 10 minutes away from where I live. So I, yeah, I pick up this black lady and it's wild because her name, the way it was spelled, it looked just like my former wife's name. But the first two letters was C-H. It was spelled the exact same way as my former wife. Uh, anyway, so she gets in and um, she doesn't really talk. And if people don't talk, I don't force conversation. At the most, I say, hey, good morning. How you doing? And if they don't really go any, like, don't give me any, like, telltale signs that they are a talker or they would like to talk. Yeah, I don't push forced conversation. I do tennis match. I'm like, hey, I'm going to hit throw a little. Good morning. How you doing? You having a good day? Boom. If I don't get anything after that much, I'm like, all right, we're going to be silent. We'll play this music. And so that's what we did. We went silent. We played this music. And I just had all these, like, gospel songs playing, my gospel playlist. And toward the end of the ride, there's this song called He Wants It All. Who is it by? I'm messaging it to uh It's by Forever Jones. Shout out to BB, this young lady that I was trying to date a few years ago. She's the one who introduced me to that song and I love it. It's one of my it's kind of convicting when you listen to it. Because it's like, there's a voice that cries out in the silence, searching for a heart that will love him, longing for a child that will give him their all. He wants it all. He wants it all. Anyway, there's a guy who searches over the earth. Anyway, uh, looks over the earth. Anyway, it's a very deep, and it's like, love me, love me. With your whole heart, he wants it all today. Serve me, S- serve me. And then it's like, it says something about let go of your idols. And it's one of those songs that it like crescendos. It kind of starts out real soft and beautiful and then it just crescendos and starts getting more powerful at the end. So be- it's a very well, it's a very well made song like it's just a beautiful song anyway the lady the, the sweet black lady when she 
and then uh, it clo- the the playlist closed out. It was like a Sam Cooke song played after that, talking about pray, yeah, pray, how we got to pray today, pray to the Lord today, something like that. And then by the Soul Stirs, one of my favorite groups. And then it closed out with a Fred Hammond song, uh, where it's like, all things are working for me, even things, even things I can't see. Your ways, your ways are so beyond me. Yes, they are. Anyway, she, I saw her, well, during the uh, He Wants It All song, I saw her crying in my rearview mirror. I was like, why is this? I was like, she's she's crying. I think my song is moving her. (laughs) I have my shades on, so I don't think she could see me looking at her through the rearview mirror. <sighs> like Morgan Freeman looking at Miss Daisy. Uh, <laughs> this one, yeah, anyway, uh, it's one of my favorite gifts, the Morgan Freeman and Miss Daisy meme gif. But because uh, that's how I be feeling. Uh, <laughs> especially I, be, I had a lady from Alabama in my car today, and I straight up felt like Morgan Freeman. Yeah, I was like, oh, snap. This is what my ancestors fought for, so I ain't supposed to be doing <laughs> This lady was talking about she had 36 acres of land in Alabama. I was thinking to myself, my ancestors probably worked that land back in the day. Anyway, uh, yeah, oh, we're going to go back to, yeah, so the black woman, and at the end, before she got out of my car, she was like, your music, <laughs> it works. It works. And then she got out the car. I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you. I was like, have a have a blessed day. And I gave her one of my little cards that I, I write Jesus loves you on it. I got these like colorful neon index cards and like pink and orange. And, and I take a little permanent mark and I write Jesus loves you on one side. And then lately, yeah, I put like either John 4, Psalm 147.3. Um, John three sixteen, or the one I just started doing is um, uh, Jeremiah. The one that was in my dad's Bible, Jeremiah. Where is it? Jeremiah seventeen fourteen, where he says, "It was uh, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. For you are my praise." For you are my praise. That's going to be one of my new life verses. Heal me, Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, Lord, and I shall be saved. For you, Lord, are my praise. Yes, Lord. All right, y'all. I think I'm done. There's so much more I could probably share. You know, I'm full of stories. But what gives me peace, sometimes I get a little anxious about, even though the Bible says being anxious for nothing, uh, Philippians. But uh, sometimes I get a little anxious about like all the things that I would like to accomplish before I leave this earth, you know? You know, there's more books I would like to write. And there's more, especially books, right? Little poetic short stories. But what gives me peace is knowing that 
you know what? My story is already written in heaven, right? It's all being recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. And one day, this whole tape is going to get played, I believe, before an audience. And so, and then even doing this podcast, you know, people can listen to these stories that I share. Somebody's going to listen to it. Even if they don't, like, at least I got them out. <laughs> and, um, you know, there's this, oh, okay. One more thing before we get into Genesis 20. I want to share this. So, if, I didn't, I haven't shared this yet. So, what is it? VIP by, what is her name? Uh, Naomi Rain. It's one of my new favorite singers. Oh, man, that album, Uncovered, is one of my favorite albums now of all time. Go check it out. Naomi Rain, Uncovered. All right, lyrics. All right, so there's a song on that album called um, VIP, right? And so I had, a few days ago, there was this this uh, sweet white lady, right? Young lady. And I pick her up at this fat house in this nice, new, brand new looking neighborhood. And um, yeah, she has to go out of town. She worked for like, she does some kind of IT work or software development for um, HBCUs. And she had to go out to one of those schools, Maryland Eastern Shore or something like that. She had to go out there for work. So I pick her up and we're talking, right? And before I know it, yeah, got to take her to the airport. And before I know it, I'm like, hold on a second. We both went to Truman State together, right? Uh, she was there right around the same time I was. I just didn't really know her like that. I probably, it'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if I like saw her at one point or like just didn't know at the time when I was there. Yeah. Cause I went there from 05 to 07 and, uh, yeah. And I, um, ended up transferring to Bradley, but anyway, we realized we were there at the same time and we knew like a lot of the same people. Like I started naming off names on my buddy, Tim, who's a doctor now. And, uh, and, uh, just, yeah, rattling off these different names. She's like, Oh yeah, I know them. I know them. I know them. She told me what dorms she, she used to stay in Centennial. Anyway, had this whole long talk. Right. And let me close this out. Uh, after and she's even talking about her husband and some of how he used to do some Ubering or Rebooing and DoorDashing and stuff like that in between jobs. But now he has a pretty, sounds like a pretty good job. And know, at the end, after dropping her off, I just had this like kind of empty feeling. Like, no, like, because she was telling me about some things she did after college. Yeah, it's getting a, almost got a PhD. She's going to get a master's in something science, very nerdy and scientific. And then um, just talking about some of the things she's doing now. And I just started to feel like very, this feeling of like insignificance started to overwhelm me. Like, what have I dealt with my life? Like, I just feeling like my life has been a waste, you know? Um, like, and that that thought comes into my mind sometimes because it took a long time to get to this point where I don't find my identity in what I do. You know, that's one of the first things that people ask, you know, do you do this full time? What do you do? 
And that kind of determines like your worth to people like, oh, if you tell somebody you're a doctor or even if you tell somebody you're a police officer or you are a scientist or you're coming up with some like the latest cancer treatment or something like that. Or, yeah, I dropped off this couple today. It was like an hour-long ride. I made 100 bucks on that ride. Yeah, I took them all the way out to Warrensburg to see their son, who's in the Air Force. And I started thinking, like, man, I was almost in the Air Force years ago. And, um, yes, it's this overwhelming feeling of, like, insignificance. And I have to fight it every single time when it comes. I've come a long way. But just, like, hmm, like, should I be doing something else? Like, what's wrong with me? Like, what, you know, I, I need to go get a career, a real job. And, and, uh, even though I've, I made more money last year doing Raybu and Lyft than I did as a banker. Now you got to subtract out all my expenses and really it's about half of what I made as a banker. But say, I mean, honestly, everything in life has expenses, right? You might make $80,000 a year, but you don't really make 80,000 when you take all your expenses out. But anyway, yeah, I made close to six figures doing this. So it's like, and that shouldn't even matter anyway. Like six figures nowadays on me, jack squat. Like that's like six figures is like the new $30,000 a year. And so, but even more than that, it's like, eventually, yeah, I would, if it's God's will, it would be nice. It would be nice to get remarried again, right? But most women, they look at, like, like Raybu driver, Lyft driver, Raybu, like, how's that person going to take care of me? Like, or like, yeah. Or just like, yeah, you are, you are like, I'm down in the bottom of the barrel. Like, people look at probably Raybu drivers as just a step above. I don't know. They don't look at it as a real job, you know, or that person is, most people don't look at them as valuable. At least I don't think in my head, in my head. It's not as cool or significant as somebody who's like a doctor or even a teacher, a lawyer. Like I, I could say I could say I work at Ford and it would sound better than like a Ray Boo or Lyft driver, at least in my head. At least that's what it feels like. Especially when people ask, like, do you do this full time? And then I tell them, like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I do, yeah. And and I always have to throw in like, well, I also do podcasts and also write or make audio books and then uh like uh, to make myself sound important i'm like well i used to be a banker and <laughs> commercial lending or whatever so i don't look dumb and i have a master's in finance blah, blah 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 to make myself sound important and it's like all right so all those emotions started coming in like oh you you're insignificant you're not as special as important your life is a waste and right after that after i dropped that lady off who i used to go to school with at Truman, this this song came on called VIP by Naomi Rain, and here's the lyrics. Verse one, brought to you by Genius Song Lyrics Finder. I've cherished Bible stories, tales of the pain and glory, but I've got a testimony, not just what others told me you are. I've heard your voice. I felt your loving kindness. Taste it and sing your goodness. Been kissed by your holy presence. I've come to know you in the waiting. I've seen your face. I don't need a front row seat. This is my favorite part here. This is the chorus. I don't need a front row seat. Might not be VIP. 
I have the nearness of the father and he's right here with me. I don't need a front row seat. Might not be VIP. I have the nearness of the father and he's right here with me. All right, next next verse here. It gets better. Next he says, or she says, you're not impressed by stages. You don't prefer the famous. So no matter what my name is, this love, it never changes for me. You stay the same. And then does the chorus again. I don't need a front row seat. Might not be VIP. I have the nearness of the father. And he's right here with me. I don't need a front row seat. Might not be VIP. I have the nearness of the father. And he's right here with me. Here we are sitting at his feet, close enough that we can hear him speak, close enough that we can feel him breathe. The bridge. Not just another face in the crowd, more than another voice crying aloud. You always hear me because I'm your child. Abba, which is like Dada in Greek or whatever, or Hebrew, one of those. Uh, you sent your son from his seat on the throne. Lay down his life for the lost and alone. Man, that is me. At times I felt lost and alone. I've never felt this alone in my entire life. Even though I have people at church that I talk to and who love me and encourage me. I have a big brother I talk to every day. I have a mom still alive, thank God, who I can talk to, even though she's way down in Hawaii. I have a grandmother who I can call right now. I need to actually call her. Who I can go see. I'm planning on seeing pretty soon. I have kids who I can hang out with like every other weekend. And pretty soon I'll be able to hopefully get them more. I'm actually debating whether or not to go to court for half custody or whatever. But I really don't want to go to court. And uh, I don't know. Y'all pray for me on that. I'm dealing with that mental battle. But I am planning on moving closer to them pretty soon. Um, all right, I got all this. These like some people have really no family. It's just them. They have. They're all there. They have no kids. Their spouse. They have no spouse. They have, their parents are gone, and they have no siblings. And no friends like there are people out there that are really alone and they feel it even more around the holidays. Um, anyway, I have all this to be thankful for all these people. Right. And yet I still I can be in a crowd full of people. I can be at church filled with all these people and still at times feel empty and alone. And anyway, that that, that lyric of the song kind of hit hard. Because yeah, it says, lay down his life, laid down his life for the lost and alone. That's me. That's some of y'all. No, we don't deserve all the things that you've done, Jesus. That's so true. You gave up your front row seat so I could be VIP. So I could be nearer to the Father sitting at your feet. Wow. Jesus, yes, he had his front row seat in heaven. And he was fully God. And he decided to come down to earth to be fully God and fully man and 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 surrender to the will of the Father and God. Jesus did that. And he took on the role of a humble servant and died a, a horrific, humble death. Yeah, Jesus was VIP. Like, 
he would be in like the LeBron times Drake uh, times this name, fill in the blank, any famous Tom Brady, any time famous person that you know that we, Patrick Mahomes, somebody we highly esteem today, right? Who's famous, VIP, yeah, they come in to any place, club, concert, and they get shout out and they like get the VIP treatment in the front row. Get brought up on stage, just like, hey, everybody, check out Patrick Mahomes. I heard that happened recently at a country concert. One of those dudes that people, Luke Combs, yeah, he was there in Kansas City at Arrowhead, and Patrick Mahomes was there, and they brought him on stage, and he got the wave. Jesus had even more VIP ness. <laughs> yeah, I just made up that word, VIP ness, than all those people combined, times a billion, times a gazillion. He was king, he was king of kings, lord of lords. Well, yeah, he was crowned king of kings, lord of lords after his death. But before that, even then, he was, it's wild, like, he was, he was God. Like, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, he's part of the Trinity. It's just, it's, it blows my mind to think about how this all worked. Like, this is the whole concept, even the Trinity. Anyway, Jesus Jesus surrendered his godliness, his God, his like his stat, his status as the VIP, as God, as importance, right? It's it's hard for me to wrap my head around this whole concept, like theologically, like anyway, the explanation of it all. But yeah, he surrendered all that so that we could be seated at the right hand of God, that we could be reunited with God. We could be, yeah, yeah, John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he, he gave his only begotten son so that who shall ever believe in him shall have everlasting life. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We're seated at the right hand of God at heavenly places like well, now we're VIP. I don't know if y'all ever been to a club with somebody that was VIP, like somebody important, and they got you to the front. Y'all shouldn't really be going to clubs. But for those of y'all that have, <laughs> have you ever been to one? Ah, yeah, that's the story I tell in my Chinatown story. What is dude, Dino? And everybody's like, hey, Dino. Everybody knew Dino. He was important. He was VIP, right? And I name drop his name. When I got to the front of the line, even though I know I had no business being at this that club that night in Chinatown. And I was able to get in because of him. Heaven is like this club that you get in because of your relationship with Jesus. The name of Jesus. Yeah. You accepted him into your heart as your Lord and Savior. You get the VIP treatment now. Um But it's even better than anything, any kind of VIP treatment that you could get here on earth. Anyway, y'all go look up that song, VIP. Because it, it was like perfect timing, because I can totally relate to just that feeling of not, like, just feeling insignificant. And because of Jesus, I'm now significant.
and it doesn't matter. Like VIP treatment or love and fame from humans, there's it only goes so far. And I'm sure you can interview any celebrity at some point. They'd be like, man, I actually kind of miss being the person I was before I became this famous person. And everybody recognizes me and constantly wants to get autographs and take photos. It, it, it's cool in the beginning, but after a while, they realize, like, hmm, I was never designed. Yeah, there's even this song I listen to, this one rap song. And there's a line in there, and they're like, humans were not meant to be worshipped. I can't remember which song. I think it's an Andy Maneo song, but yeah, humans were not designed to be worshipped. Humans were not designed to be worshipped. But we live in a world where we worship people and call them goats, the greatest of all time, and want to build statues of them and God's just looking down here like wow <laughs> yeah I can only imagine what God is yeah he he could destroy all these statues that he sees down here on earth but he allows folk humans to to come to the end of themselves at some point and realize like yeah eventually beauty fades um, your athletic ability goes away and all of us um, will be humbled at some point and realize, yeah, every knee will bow every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord, that he is the one, the only one that is worthy of our praise. It's, yeah, I'm sure it hurts his heart at times like to see people at these concerts raising their hands and worship, yeah, basically worshiping these music artists, right? And these athletes and going bonkers, but then don't even want to go to church or when we are at church, barely clap our hands or even want to stand up and sit there like a statue. But at a Chiefs game, you can go, ah, go Chiefs. I'm sure that has to break his heart at times. All right, I think I've said enough. But yes, thank you, Lord, for that song. I encourage y'all to go listen to that song, VIP, Naomi Rain. It just ministered to my heart at a time when I was feeling depressed and feeling insignificant and feeling like, man, my life is a waste. But it's not a waste. God is using me as a Raybu driver to minister to folks. So like that lady that was just crying in my car saying, it works, your music, it works. I had no clue. I just looked back in my rearview mirror. And I got stories on stories on stories on stories on stories like that. Um, so, but even then, that's what's crazy is like, there's a danger as Christians sometimes to like find our significance in like these things we do, like doing harvesters or doing, um, yeah, giving some homeless person on the side of the road some money or yeah, giving out these little, neon cards to say Jesus love you to people and like patting yourself in the back like I see I'm a good Christian or whatever you do in church right and finding your significance in that you know or your title in church as a worship leader or a deacon or a pastor or an evangelist finding significance in your titles right um 
and Jesus, God calls those all those things our works like filthy rags. Not to say that our works don't mean something in eternity. Yeah, there will be rewards, but our works are not what saves us, and our word our works are not what validates us. It's our relationship with God. That's what makes us special. That's what makes us our relationship with Jesus. I gotta clarify Jesus because some people they, they believe in God, but they don't believe in Jesus. I'm like, how can you? How, how that? Did, how does that work? <laughs> Have you read John fourteen six? Um, Have you read, read John three sixteen? Have you read the Bible from cover to cover? Anyway, um, yes. VIP, VIP. Next time you're feeling low, listen to VIP. All right, Genesis 20, K KJV. And Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country and dwelled between Kadesh and Shur and sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, Thou art but a dead man, for the woman which thou hast taken for, she is a man's wife. Now, this is wild, y'all. Didn't Abraham, this is the second time Abraham sold his wife. Or let his, yeah, allowed his wife to go to another man, another king. Because, yeah, I can't remember the name of the other king, the other dude. But the same thing just happened like a few chapters ago. And God did the same thing to that man's house, cursed it. And then he's like, hey, why don't you tell me this was your your sister? I mean, your wife, not your sister. You would think Abraham would have learned his lesson or Sarah would have been like, dude, didn't you learn the first time what happened? <laughs> What was it about their relationship, too, that Abraham was just so willing to just let his wife go away? And, like, the fear that Abraham had of these these leaders. It just shows you, like, once again, that these people are human. human. And God is still willing to say that he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That he's willing to affiliate with these humans that have done some... Not that, yeah not made the best decisions so there's hope for us for those of y'all feel like insignificant or feel disqualified because of some of the choices you made just look at this look at abraham do let go of his wife twice verse four but abimelech had not come near her he and he said lord wilt thou slay also a righteous nation Said he not unto me, she is my sister, and she, even she herself said, he is my brother, and the integrity of my heart and innocency of my hands have I done this. And God said unto him in a dream, yeah, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart, for I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and shall, thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, know thou that thou shalt surely die, thou and all that are in line. Now, that's interesting. In the last story, I believe, 
it just says that Cain or whatever gave Abraham's wife back and the curse was removed. They all, yeah. Nobody died. Everybody was immediately healed or whatever. And that Cain gave Abraham, let Abraham have all of that stuff. Because remember, Abraham got a bunch of stuff like goats and sheep and, and yeah, camels and stuff. Um, in exchange for Sarah and he didn't have to give any of it back and he got his wife back. And in this case, the king, did he get, hold on, did Abraham get any stuff? All right, so that king took Sarah. It doesn't say he gave him any stuff. But this time, yeah, Abraham prayed for this, this king, Abimelech. And he was healed. I don't remember there any, being any prayer in the last situation, similar situation. All right. Verse 8. Therefore, Abimelech rose early in the morning. That goes that phrase, early in the morning. That's used a lot throughout the Bible. And called all his servants and told all these things in their ears. And the men were sore afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said unto him, What hast thou done unto us? And what have I offended thee that thou hast brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? Thou hast done deeds unto me that ought not to be done. And Abimelech said unto Abraham, What sawest thou that thou hast done this thing? And Abraham said, Because I thought, surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will slay me for my wife's sake. He's explaining why he let Abimelech have his wife and told her that it was his sister. She is free game. <laughs> like, is, is, is that your sister? Is she single? Yeah, sure. She's my sister. She's single. Yeah, go ahead. Have my, have my wife. I mean, my sister. <laughs> Verse 12. And yet, indeed, she is my sister. Yeah, Abimelech had more integrity than Abraham. And we think we're disqualified to be used by God. This is the father of many nations, Abraham. It's wild, yeah, his belief, his belief in God and the promises of God was counted to him as righteousness. He had no Jesus at that time. Like, he didn't know what it was like to have a relationship with Jesus. And this man, he follows up being, being called righteous with two mistakes Two poor decisions of lying, being dishonest. This whole family struggled with, with being honest. And this is the father of many nations. Once again, there's hope for us. Verse 12, and yet indeed she is my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. So he told, yeah, there you go. He even like tries to clarify, clean up his lie. How many of us have done that? So technically, she is my sister. Because <laughs> back then, yeah, they that's how they procreated. They had to see it. They kind of do that. Um, there was some incest going on. Um, not to say that's okay now. Some people are like, see, back then they were doing incest and all kind of stuff. Why is it not okay now? Uh, folks that live out of the country we might think that 
It's like, no, you have to read the Bible in its totality. That was just for a period of time. That wasn't God's original plan for the long term, the long haul. Maybe in the beginning, but later on, nah. It's supposed to, like, get further and further and further away from, like, your original family members. Um... But not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. She is the daughter of my father. So she's on my dad. She's my half-sister. But not the daughter of my mother. We have different mothers. So you have the same daddy, but different moms. Which is wild because apparently, remember what I was saying, David? I just found out recently that David, they believe... Um, go read some commentary on this to go fact check it, to read the story about David. It's believed that David had the same dad in um, Jesse, but he had a different mom than his brothers. Wow, Abraham, same thing. Same daddy as his wife, but different mom. All right, verse 13, and it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house that I said unto her, this is thy kindness, which thou shalt show unto me in every place, whither we shall come, say of me, he is my brother. God caused me to wander from my father's house. Hmm. That word wander, it's that's another fun exercise you can do. Look up all the places where the Bible uses the word wander. Because remember, they use that same word for Cain. They say he'll be a wandering vagabond on the earth. And then David, he's there's a scripture in Psalms like 54. Like, God, you've recorded all my wanderings, aren't they in your book? And yeah, you, you, you recorded all my tears and my wanderings. I love always love when I see that that little um little Freya quote that's on people's cars. Usually it's on like Jeeps on the back. You know, people have their like spare tire on the back of their Jeep and they usually have like a cover over it and it has like a quote and and or I've seen people with that t shirt and says, Those who wander all those who wander aren't lost. I can relate to that. At times I feel like I've just been a wanderer, but God is ordering all my steps. May not make sense to other people, but it makes sense, perfect sense to God. It don't make sense to me a lot of times, but it makes perfect sense to God. He knows what he's doing. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He orders our steps. He leads us and guides us. So all that matters. There's a song called Dignified also on that Naomi Rain album. I encourage you all to read that because this talks about, yeah, this this desire that we had to be dignified. And she's like, I don't care anymore about looking dignified to the world. Yeah, all that matters is God's opinion of me. Like David, he danced. I remember when he came back, I think from a battle or something like that, and he was dancing and healing. He stripped down naked and did a whole holy praise before the Lord. And his wife got upset at him for doing that. Anyway.
I need to get going. I got to be out of here in like 30 minutes. And Abimelech took sheep and oxen and men servants and women servants and gave them unto Abraham and restored him, Sarah, his wife. So look at that. God blessed Abraham. Y'all see that? He blessed Abraham, even in his disobedience, even in, well, even in his sin of lying to this man. Because I can't really say disobedience because I don't remember God ever getting him a command like saying, hey, uh, Abraham, whatever you do, don't be telling folks that that's your sister. You know? <laughs> so it was like kind of like a sin of omission. Well, not really the sin of omission. It was really a blatant sin of lying, yeah. Even though it was a half lie, half lie, white lie, as people try to say, it was still a lie. And God still blessed Abraham. That's why when you're a child of God, I know sometimes people are like, well, that doesn't make sense. Like, why would God bless disobedience? Or not, I can't say disobedience, clearly. But why would God bless sin? It's like God will still, yeah, it says scripture, Romans 8, 28, God works all things together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purposes. You could preach a whole sermon about this right here, connecting Romans 8, 28 to Abraham's lying. And not saying we should just go out this lying, right? And doing shady stuff as Christians. But like even your sins, even your mistakes, your poor choices, God will use those for his glory. Because you have a relationship with him versus other people out there who don't even acknowledge God. They don't have anything to do with him. They don't even believe God exists. Anyway, verse, he would cause your enemies to be your footstool, like in this situation. And he gave him double for his trouble. Yeah, Abimelech took sheep and oxen and men servants and women servants and gave them unto Abraham and restored him, Sarah, his wife. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before thee. Dwell where it pleaseth thee. And you can live. You basically gave him free reign to take whatever property he wanted, wherever he wanted to dwell. Isn't that amazing? So he got servants, not slaves. He got servants. He got oxen, sheep. It's interesting, too, because I need to look and see what that last king gave him. Because the last king came and got, like, goats. I feel like this giveaway was better than the last one. Because, yeah, he got sheep, oxen. Oxen are very strong. They're used for farming um, and pushing things. Yeah, he got like big old diesel trucks, <laughs> sheep, oxen, men servants, women servants. He got his wife back. And he got some land. He got double for his trouble. <laughs> Verse 16, and unto Sarah, he said, behold, I have given my brother a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, he is a and he got a thousand pieces of silver. I got to look and see what he got last time. I'm going to look that up later. He got a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, he is to thee a covering of thy eye, of the eyes unto all that are with thee and with all other. Thus she was reproved. So Abraham, I need to look up the significance of that word reproved. Him using that. So Abraham prayed unto God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maidservants, and they bare children. For the Lord had fast closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Wow, that was a curse. 
God close up the wombs. Woo! Woo! Man, he closed up the wombs of all the people in the house of Abimelech. Like, now he opened them. So that's what's wild is we live in a world where people like women's choice. Uh, yeah. Women should have a choice over whether or not to have a bait. Like as though it's up to you. We can come out with all the medicines in the world and we can go and try to suck them babies out. But. I'm telling y'all, look at this. God is the one who even like opens and closes wombs. If he desires for a child, yeah. His purposes, his plans will over, over, how do I say this? Over um, rule man's. I've heard countless stories. You can go Google it right now of, of failed abortions. Where God was like, nope, not this time. And sometimes people are like, well, why did God allow these other ones? I'm not God. And he will judge accordingly to those ones that um, did go through. But, um, and they were immediately ushered into heaven. Those babies that were all, the millions of babies that have been aborted. And it's like, people don't um, get that. It's like, no, this is a perfect example. God is the one who opens and closes wombs. He's the one that even allows somebody like, to conceive, to even get pregnant. He, yeah. That's another good testimony. I want to go hear the interview by Naomi Rain. She talks about when she had a miscarriage. Somebody prophetically told her she was going to have another baby, like her fifth child. And then she miscarried it. And then God, yeah, and it was hard for her. And, but then God blessed her with another child and they are actually able to have that child. But she, for a minute, was kind of upset, angry, and didn't trust God. Like, you told me <laughs> through prophetic word I was about to have another child. And then we miscarried. Anyway, yeah, go look it up. Naomi Rain interview on like TBN or something like that. So anyway, Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for Father Abraham, who serves as a perfect example to us of... How even in our sin, Lord, you work all things together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purposes, that you will, even through our mistakes or our not so great choices, our lies and our deceit, um, you can use situations like that to, to reveal your power to our enemies. Like, that's what I get from that story, like, Abimelech and his family, yeah, they 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 recognize who the one true God is. Even though if they didn't serve you afterward, God, they didn't want to have anything to do. They kept went back to serving their old idols, even after you reopened those wounds and removed the curses over their house. They at least recognize who the one true God was, the power of the one true God. And so, Lord, I pray for more stories like that in situations and and um, using our lives as living testimonies of like, yeah, at times so-and-so, A.A. Ron and some others have, Christians have lived hypocritical lives and made poor choices and lies and not always live like Christians, but at least we have a relationship with you. And because of your children, there's a blessing, there's a favor that comes from that. 
and people all around the world will recognize who the one true God is, and that's you, Lord. So just thank you for yeah Abraham's life. It helps me to know that yeah God um that we're not yeah that I'm not disqualified. You qualify the unqualified. You qualify those that the world disqualifies. You qualify the folks that the world doesn't look at. You make VIP the folks that the world doesn't see as VIP. And our VIP-ness is not based on what the world thinks of us, but what you think of us. Because when you see us, you see Jesus. So thank you for that. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your joy, your peace as I go out today. Thank you, Lord, that I'm, I may feel alone, but I'm not alone. I may feel depressed at times, but I can have joy that is not based on my circumstances deep down. That is greater than happiness. Thank you for that. Pray for more people to be in my car that are moved to tears and moved to uh, know the significance of your love for them. And that their lives will be transformed and changed. I just throw off too, Lord, this does this need to like feel like I have to be at every little thing to prove my Christian Christianity, to prove my significance. Lord, I just I just throw that off. I just throw that off. I cast that aside. Um and I just Help me to just humbly and others that struggle with that, that performance based Christianity to just throw that off and know, Lord, that you. It's you that does the work through us, that you lead us, you guide us. And there's these works that will prepare for us before the foundation. Sometimes I get anxiety about oh, like, Lord, that's a lot of work to be done. <laughs> or what about this? These different opportunities that I've missed because I was afraid or that I was too lazy or whatever. And Lord, I just pray God that even the ones that I miss, that somebody else will come up and do it. And, um, and that I will not find my significance in, in the works that I do for you, Lord. And that I will not try to make up for my past mistakes through the works that you've called me to do that you preordained for us to do before the foundation of the earth. Help us to abide in you. Help us to sense your presence. Help us continue walking your ways. Help us to resist the devil knowing that he must flee. Help us to know that there is no temptation that is common to man that you didn't overcome and that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, but God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us 
in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you've never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen.